1: Joining me shortly is Chris Biederman. He covers the 49ers for the Sacramento Bee, and we're talking about the 49ers showdown with the Houston Texans, the 4-11 Texans facing the 8-7 49ers. We'll talk a little bit about the game, what's at stake, and we will go through our pick six as well. Let's get into it.
0: Hey, this is George Kittle, and you're listening to Candlestick Chronicles. Kittle in Denver
2: territory. Kittle is gonna go! Touchdown! Close as Kittle!
1: sure looks like trey lance is gonna start chris
3: yeah jimmy garoppolo (laughs) missed practice wednesday and thursday so um yeah it's it i would be he has a grade three sprain
1: in his throwing hand thumb he was never going to play
3: yeah i mean it, it just yeah it never really seemed likely and we know and we mentioned in the previous pod, but we know what Jimmy Garoppolo looks like when he tries to play injured. He's not one of these quarterbacks who, um, who I think you can trust in that situation. So if you're getting Trey Lance, all this practice reps, um, you invest everything you've invested in him. Part of your rationale in drafting him is saying we need a better insurance policy. Should Jimmy Garoppolo get hurt, all of the logical signs, and and including last week's game in tennessee all of the logical signs say trey lance is going to go and then depending on how that goes you know there's a reasonable chance that trey lance continues to start in the in the season finale um and then if they make the playoffs it could could very well be trey lance and in, in the playoffs if he plays well um but there is also right. a chance that jimmy garoppolo can can i guess have one last hurrah here if he can get his uh if he can get his hand healthy enough, can, can, can I just make an aside real quick? If I sound different, this is kind of a momentous podcast. It's the first podcast in my new office in this house I'm moving to. And so I've, you're really
1: I'm, concerned about this.
3: Well, it, it's a little echoey because it's, it's a much bigger space than, than what I'm used to having. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm used to recording in, in a tiny desk in my tiny bedroom, but now I'm moving to a house and I spent the last two hours putting together this desk I bought and uh, and a chair, and I'm got I got big plans for this office. But right now I'm a little I like I'm a little like, annoyed at how echoey I sound in my own headphones. Maybe it doesn't come through in the audio for everybody listening, but uh, you know I'm not, I don't I don't want to say I'm an audiophile, but like I, I kind of am. Like I I own a bunch of different totally. types of headphones and stuff like that, so it's like
1: and you're a big Jay Z guy, so.
3: Right. <laughs> um, you
1: also I also enjoy that you got an L-shaped desk because you're a goddamn professional.
3: I got an L-shaped desk. Yeah, I'm I mean I you try to maximize space, right? You try to you want to totally. have a good workflow. And and my yeah. plan is to get an actual desktop computer so I don't have to keep recording podcasts on my laptop. Sure. And then uh and then we're going to have like a zoom background, maybe there's some video stuff happening in the future of this podcast. Can't wait. Uh, Maybe there'll be some streaming platforms set up. We we will see, but these are all off season projects, but I just want to use that as a caveat because, you know, if I sound different to everybody else, I want to let you know why, but it's a, it's a good thing.
1: Peeling back the curtain here. Chris and I spent eight minutes on this before the pod (laughs) about how he sounds. So it sounds fine. You sound great. And we've got a ton to get into. So I think so. Here's where I want to go with the Lance stuff. Cause we've we've kind of talked about this at length already. What does the offense look like? And they win it. Da-da-da-da-da. I don't even want to get to the what do they do if they win the next two with Lance and Jimmy's ready for the playoffs. Like we'll cross that bridge when we get to it, right? But just because there's so many things that'll that'll factor in. But the thing that's super interesting to me is you have. Trent Williams on the 49ers talk podcast with Matt Mayoko and Laura Britt saying that they feel that they're equipped to accomplish what they want to accomplish, regardless of who's under center. And then you've got George Kittle saying that everything that we saw in camp from Lance, he's better than that now. Um, you have Jimmy Ward saying, like, he had great ball placement on completing a couple of throws against Ward today in practice. Like it's this hype up Trey Lance week, and that's great. And that's what you'd expect teammates to do. But now, like, let's see it. Like, they're setting an expectation that I think there's there's already an incredibly high expectation for Lance when I mean, he was the number three pick. But I think what we're seeing from 49ers players talking to reporters now is like, they're setting this expectation that, like, hey, this jump that this offense is supposed to take with Lance could happen this year.
3: Yeah, there's definitely potential, right? And and I'm always a little bit leery of, like, you know, as a reporter who covers situations like this, it's very easy for Lance's teammates to just gas him up and say, oh, yeah, he looks sure. great and blah, blah, blah. And, like, yeah... that. You know, there's so much content like if you if you got rid of all of the content on the Internet of player X gases up teammate Y, like (laughs) that's like 75 percent of all the content on the Internet would just disappear. Right. So that happens all the time. And I I try not to read too much into it. But when there are details like you mentioned, mentioning Jimmy Ward, what Jimmy Ward said and and what Fred Warner said yesterday or on Wednesday, recording this Thursday evening, like when there are details about Trey Lance completing passes on ward or Fred Warner talking about, you know, Trey Lance not running as much and actually like giving the defense better looks on the scout team by staying in the pocket and making throws um, that might be more aggressive and or more risky, like that stuff's meaningful. Right. So, and, and ultimately What's said at the podium or even on Zoom this week, it's like you, you kind of take it with a grain of salt and you see what happens on on Sunday to see if that stuff can manifest itself. Um, but look, as, as somebody who was at training camp and watched all of Trey Lance's throws during full team drills, it's like <clears throat> it's clear he's a super talented player, right? And you saw that in the preseason. You saw that in the ones right. he had. He's a extremely talented player. And on the scout team, like he should win scout team player of the week. Like he's, he's the number three pick in the draft, right? Like he's right. an elite quarterback prospect Um, who, if he stayed at North Dakota state might be quite clearly the number one pick in the 2022 draft. Right? right. Um, So I, for me, like the expectations surrounding Lance, I think they're pretty high going into this game because, you know, I saw, I saw it up close, what it looked like in training camp. I saw the, some of the throws he made, just the athleticism. And knowing what I know about Kyle Shanahan, I'm super optimistic about what the ceiling is. Now, it's always risky with rookie quarterbacks, right? Like, can he mm-hmm. reach that midseason when he hasn't been getting that many reps? Um, that's that's a big question mark. But, I mean, really, you know, I, I'm expecting Lance to look pretty good. I'm You know, a couple touchdowns, maybe an interception. I think the 49ers are going to try to run it 45 times. Um, and Lance will certainly be a part of that. But with Elijah Mitchell back, with Debo Samuel back, it's going to be a game where you ultimately try to limit Trey Lance's pass attempts, I think. Like, I'm expecting Lance to maybe have 15 or 20 pass attempts. And sure. then they run the ball 40, 45 times. Like, that's, that's kind of my expectation going into it because the Texans' defense isn't all that good. And if you just come out and demoralize them with a good game script on the first few drives, like, you might actually be able to blow them away early. Um, and then, you know, you, you can you, you don't feel like it would be a super stressful game. I mean, they they're approaching it like it is a stressful game, given that they haven't clutched a sp- playoff spot yet. But Houston's so bad. And the 49ers have such an advantage just purely on talent aside from the quarterback spot mm-hmm. that my expectation is they win comfortably by multiple scores, even if Lance is starting. And then depending on how he looks, then you say, OK. What's this look like for the Rams game? How important is the Rams game? Because the Niners could clinch Sunday if they if they win their game. If the Saints lose against the Panthers, um, Niners could clinch. And then that week seventeen right. or week eighteen game isn't all that important. And then do you look at that as like a developmental opportunity for Lance? And then if you make the playoffs, like okay, now what's it look like? Right, like what decision are we going to make? Because sure. there's a chance Jimmy Garoppolo is healthier at that point.
1: Yeah. And that, like I said, that's got, that's going to have so much to do with what the offense looks like, what Lance looks like, you know, do they, do they beat Houston, but he doesn't throw it very effectively and maybe has a couple of bad decisions, but they just kind of win because they're just a vastly superior team. That's, you know, like I said, we can light that firecracker when we get there, but I'm, I'm expecting because you're right. Like, Yes, Houston punched the Chargers in the mouth a little bit last week. But that was a Chargers team coming off of going on the road and coming off of a really emotional loss to the Chiefs where they were looking to kind of assert themselves as the new kings of the AFC West. They lose in the fashion they did in overtime and it's just this kind of emotional letdown and and you know, they their defense got kind of like I said punched in the mouth by Davis Mills in the in the Texans' offense, like Rex Burkhead isn't running for one hundred and twenty yards on the Niners or one hundred and forty yards and two touchdowns or whatever he did. Right, like ju- Justin Herbert threw a really bad pick six at the end of that game that 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 helped Houston ice it. Like Houston's still trying, and the Niners can't just roll their helmets out on the field and win. But regardless, I am expecting them to win by multiple scores. Yeah, I and would that's, agree. And the offense should – and just to this real quick, the offense should be able to get whatever they want against Houston. It I shouldn't be a we, problem.
3: Yeah, and, and I think they, a main reason why is this should be a vastly different-looking offense than what we've seen. should Maybe be. not vastly different. Like, they're, like the run concepts will be similar. But with how much Kyle Shanahan's talked about, you know, 11-on-11 11 11 football with Trey Lance. Mm -hmm. and what that could look like in terms of how it impacts the running game. And I just expect it to look a hell of a lot different than what they did week five when Lance was making his first start in Arizona. Right. Because he should be better prepared. You have George Kittle who was out in that game. Um, You have Elijah Mitchell, presumably uh, who's accomplished a hell of a lot more now than he did at that point. And you feel more comfortable. I know he's coming off injuries and stuff, but you, you feel more comfortable giving him carries and you have jeff wilson jr who wasn't there you have Brandon Ayuk, who's in more more of a rhythm mm-hmm. so if trey lance can just execute the offense and not turn the ball over I, I think the 49ers could could be like kind of scary in this game like scary in the sense of like you know when when the niners are at their best and they're most dominant they're running the ball really well mm-hmm. right it's a, it's that carolina game in 2019 when they ran for like Two hundred fifty yards or whatever, and Debo Samuel had that really cool rushing touchdown, kind of up the middle on that unique design play. Yeah. Um, Niners scored like fifty points in that game because they were just running the ball nonstop. Mm-hmm. That to me is what Sunday should look like. It should look like that with some, you know, quarterback runs sprinkled in, some run run pass options, um, just some real like that flow play we always talk about that always seems to work like I, does it ever not mm-hmm. work dude can you remember i've
1: never once seen them run that's the play where they go like play action right boot back to the left and there's a there's a receiver running from right to left across the formation or
3: george kittle or kyle use like there's that's somebody right. coming across the formation it's a stretch zone play action play
1: the, it was the brandon Ayuk touchdown to win against exactly. the Bengals. yeah that like was that, flow
3: that play yeah that play they they it feels like they run it four or, it, or five times a game. And Trey Lance they is good average, at
1: it. they average sixty yards per attempt on that play. I swear to God, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's no. I, I'm I, there's so many easy throws that can be built into the offense. I mean, we saw it. We saw it against the Titans. Jimmy Garoppolo completed all five of his passes against the Titans on the on the opening drive, and so many of those were like on the move, rolling out. They had a they had a fourth down in that game where it was just a sprint right for Garoppolo and then he, he hit Debo Samuel. I think it was on the sideline on the run. That's what like Lance's legs to me shouldn't necessarily be featured, but use them as another wrinkle. Like if he runs it 16 times to me, that's kind of inexcusable. Like that, that shouldn't, that shouldn't be how it goes, but having that threat and every once in a while he he doesn't hand it to Debo as he's coming across the formation and runs the other way or um, you know gets outside the pocket and forces a linebacker to make a decision either to come get him or, or uh, stay on Kittle uh, who's who's coming across like there's there's different ways he can stress a defense without having to put additional hits on his body and without yeah. having to run it into the line.
3: And, and if you look at the strengths and weaknesses of the 49ers offense, like it's top 10 in yardage. Um, it's first in red zone, uh, red zone efficiency, but they're 19th on third down, right? And so when, when you think about that Arizona game when Lance made his first start, there were a lot of plays where he's just extending them with his legs. He's throwing on the run. He's running on passing plays, design passing plays which is just an element of the offense the 49ers don't have with Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah. So can they be efficient on third down and and is Trey Lance's legs or are Trey Lance's legs going to be a big part of that? Because that's something yeah. that could be vastly different. And it's like my my whole thing or part of my whole thing has been like, you know, third and four with a game on the line, like what are what are the possibilities you have with Trey Lance versus Jimmy Garoppolo? Mm-hmm. And it just always feels it it just it's hard to trust Jimmy Garoppolo in a lot of these situations because you know you're mostly confined to the pocket. You know right. you're you're probably gonna need to complete a short pass. And that allows the defense to condense the line of scrimmage to play up on receivers. And it's just tough to find windows in those scenarios. And Jimmy Garoppolo can find them. But if you look at sort of the success and failures of the 49ers just overall this season and in, in their wins and losses. A lot of their losses are tied directly to how they play on third down. Mm -hmm. And when you have an athletic quarterback like Trey Lance, that changes the equation in a pretty significant way. Because Mm -hmm. if, you know, if Tom Compton blows a block and there's a pass rusher screaming at Trey Lance, like Trey Lance has a much better chance at getting away from that guy than Jimmy Garoppolo does. Right. Right. So like there are things that can make up for, Trey Lance's lack of experience, right? Like there's, there's Mm -hmm. just an athleticism variable to it. And there's an arm strength variable to it. Like, you know, we know he can compete, complete those long passes that Jimmy Garoppolo struggles to. Um, So if he keeps a ball down, like if he doesn't, you know, throw them high and hard over the middle of the field and they get tipped up and they go right to safeties, like that's, that's really what you worry about with Trey Lance. I think more than anything else right now is, Mm -hmm. you know, how accurate is he going to be? And is he going to make bad throws over the middle of the field that are, that are easily intercepted because we know anything about this 49ers team. They win when they don't turn the ball over. Like they, they have the talent, but they really struggle when they do turn the ball over. And some of that's because of the situation on defense with the cornerbacks and and all that type of stuff, which we've talked about ad nauseum, but that's third down and turnovers. Like that's how, that's how I'm going to view the success of Trey Lance's game on
1: Sunday. So that's that's going to be one of the interesting things to to see because this is obviously a huge game for the Niners. Like flat out, forget just in the in the scope of 2021, they just need to win. It doesn't how Trey Lance looks is is like I said in the scope of this year, secondary to Sunday's result. But I'm fascinated to see the kind of process over results thing with Lance and, and Sunday just kind of looking big picture. Like, is he like, we talked about the interception that he threw against the Cardinals where he overthrew Travis Benjamin. If he steps up through the pocket on a play like that, does he tuck it and run it this time? Because he, he probably should have in that scenario. If he does throw it, is he more accurate? Like, if they get into that, they get into that, you know, they get the ball back with a minute 20 left before the half on their own 25. You know, how does he execute that? And maybe they don't score, but was there a drop pass? Did he make all the right decisions? You know, did did a call just not go their way? Like, the, 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 the two separate discussions about, like, how the Niners played and then how Lance looked is going to be, I mean, they're hand in hand a little bit, but. Those really, like I said, those specific things are what I'm going to be looking for outside of the scope of this year. Just kind of long term, with like, hey, how's Lance developing? What does his accuracy look like? What's his what's his decision making look like? Right. And then, like I said, those situational those situational things: third downs, red zones, two minute drills. Is he executing those? Um, yeah. I, I think that's going to be kind of longer term. The the takeaways from Sunday.
3: Yeah, and and I want to see. You know, because Kyle Shanahan is very much like a rhythm play caller, right? Like when he's going well, you have these, you know, it, it feels like with Jimmy Garoppolo, like in the first couple of series of games, right? Sometimes Kyle Shanahan will get in a really good rhythm and they'll have a nine play scoring drive with no third downs, right? It'll just be like a six yard run on first down and then play action and they'll, you know, hit somebody on a slant and then they'll run flow and then they'll get another six yards on a run. Mm. And it's like, everything is in rhythm. It's on time. They're playing ahead of the chains. And it all looks very easy in part because the team's executing really well, but also because Kyle Shanahan is in that play calling rhythm. And that's ultimately like, that's what he mentioned earlier Mm. in the season. Why, when when he was asked about why Trey Lance wasn't playing more, it was like, well, he didn't he couldn't run two quarterback system because he couldn't get in a rhythm as a play caller because defenses would approach defending Trey Lance completely differently than than how they do Jimmy Garoppolo. Mm-hmm. And Kyle Shanahan it, it just found and, and he didn't expect it when like you and I and anybody else who's ever watched a team try to run a two quarterback system will say it doesn't work. But Kyle Shanahan said he didn't expect that to work or he didn't expect it not to work like it was because he struggled to find a rhythm. Like you, you know, you, mm-hmm. everything that Kyle Shanahan does is an attempt to set up something else, right? Like you run um, you run a pass out of a certain concept Well, you could run the same formation, same concept, and then it ends up being a running play. Right. And that's why play action mm-hmm. works and, and all those right. things. That's all a major part of Kyle Shanahan's offense as a play caller. And so, Can he do that with Trey Lance? Can he get into a rhythm with Trey Lance? Because he's unfamiliar with Trey Lance. Ultimately, like in game situations, he has Trey Lance in a couple preseason games and one start where it seemed like the playbook was really limited. Is the breadth of the playbook going to be bigger, right? Like can, are there going to be elements of the playbook that he can tap into that he didn't in week five with Lance? And does that allow Kyle Shanahan to get in rhythm? Because if it does, and you factor in Trey Lance's legs, whether it's extending plays on third down or just being another option in the running game. When you have, you know, Elijah Mitchell going one way and Debo Samuel going mm-hmm. another way on a fake, like, are there lanes that Trey Lance is going to be able to exploit? And is all of that going to factor into the, the the rhythm that Kyle Shanahan develops throughout the game? Like, that's something that's going to be really interesting because if Kyle Shanahan's cooking, and everything they're doing works on on you know, multiple drives similar in a way that you see early in games with Jimmy Garoppolo. Like, if Kyle Shanahan gets in that rhythm and and Trey Lance plays well, it's going to be really hard for him to take Trey Lance out even when Garoppolo is healthy.
1: The 49ers need to win. They need to win at least their next game against the Texans at Levi Stadium. And there should be a sold-out crowd at Levi Stadium. That place should be rocking. And you're going to want to be there. Okay, so maybe you don't have tickets. Well, there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find 49ers tickets anymore because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. So what Tick Pick did is they got rid of those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge that make it so like, hey, you found this awesome price for seats and then you go to check out, da 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 and then by the end, you're paying way more than you were expecting to pay. Yeah, that doesn't happen with Tick Pick. If you see a seat for X dollars, that ticket is going to cost you X dollars uh, the whole way through. So it, that allows them to guarantee the best prices on all their NFL tickets. And if you don't believe it, if you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in purchase price. So this is a part where I'm supposed to talk about like a personal experience or whatever. Here's here's the deal, man. If You're debating whether or not to go to a 49ers game this year. This is the game you have to go to against Houston. It's their last home game of the year. Even if they make the postseason, their odds are very slim to get a home playoff game. And they need to beat Houston. This is a Houston team that just beat the Chargers. Um, The 49ers may not have Jimmy Garoppolo under center, which is another reason to go. If you want to see Trey Lance in person, this very likely could be your shot to do so. And the 49ers have a ton on the line in regards to their playoff hopes. So get in the building and do so with TickPick. Visit tickpick.com slash candlestick today to save $10 on your first order of 49ers tickets. That's tickpick.com slash candlestick. And we'll see you at the stadium.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
1: So that's another thing I'm, I'm looking for on Sunday is assuming Trey Lance starts, which that's what we're doing here. Um, if when he started in week five, I didn't see a single. So there was a play that you would bring up that that really stands out. And it was against the Raiders, the, the touchdown he scored mm-hmm. where Juwan Jennings goes motion uh, right Jaylen to left Jalen Hurd, yeah. whoever it was um a big slot guy (laughs) (laughs) goes in motion right to left he takes a snap defense gets going one way he he doesn't hand it off and he goes right instead of left and it was like it's it it was like wow that's that's free yards every play like you could run that 10 times in a row and either hand it off or pull it and get yards every time right i didn't see anything like that against arizona There was nothing creative that was like, oh, damn, like this is going to be crazy when Lance is fully into the system. I need to see like half a dozen such plays on Sunday. I know they're not going to throw the kitchen sink at him in his his second start, and they're certainly not going to, like, if, let me back up. If Shanahan's talked to the team doctors, and the doctors are like, he's probably done for the year. Like, this is a six to eight week injury. He doesn't need surgery, but he's going to be out for five weeks right and shit shanahan's not going to throw the entire kitchen sink at the texans he's just if if he knows that he might have to roll into the playoffs with this guy he's gonna he's gonna keep some stuff close to the vest i think right but can i get five or six plays where it's debo in motion and it's mitchell in the backfield and it's just like holy crap you can't defend this the I mentioned the Dolphins, that play the Dolphins ran with Tua and their running back, and they had Jalen Waddle coming the other way, and it was like a pitch and a toss and a shovel pass. It was crazy. I want to see something like that. It doesn't have to be every play, right. but something that says, wow, going into next year, when he's when Lance is more acclimated to the to the professional game and knows the system more and has another offseason. Like, I want to see why this team's going to be hard to defend.
3: Yeah, and and you don't want to see quarterback power six times or however many times. I don't even want it. I
1: don't even want to see it once. I'm tired of that play. (laughs) I I mean, I I get short
3: yardage and and the goal line, but it it was just the thing that really stood out about quarterback power in Week Five was just like you knew it was coming. Like if I knew it was coming, watching the game, you know the defensive players know it's coming, right? So like Mm -hmm. that misdirection stuff. Is, is sort of like that priest that that play you mentioned is why it was frustrating for me mm-hmm. because it was like, this isn't it, the, the ceiling schematically is so much higher than this. Like you're just totally going empty set seven guys along the line of scrimmage and just saying, all right, we're going to run quarterback power and the defense knows. So it's like, and it's, it's those situations where, you know, Lake and Tomlinson misses a block or Trey Lance hits the hole too fast and, and beats Lake and Tomlinson to the spot. and, gets tackled by the defender that lakin tomlinson is supposed to block it's like all right that's you know that's part of on lance too um because he just hit it too aggressively but there, yeah i mean it's i'm expecting it to look a lot different and now you have you know running back tebow Samuel, right? right you have george and george kittle,
1: kittle. Yeah. yeah
3: and and you know a better version a more experienced version of elijah mitchell and uh and jeff wilson jr and potentially trey sermon although i Kind of doubt Trey Sermon's going to contribute much, but
1: Travis Benjamin.
3: <laughs> I think like I, I don't. There there are a couple guys on the roster who get a lot of playing time, and Travis Benjamin doesn't get a lot of playing time. But like I, I would put Travis Benjamin and Jamichael Hasty in the same boat. Is like why? <laughs> like what is it? It seems like and. It, and it feels it, it. also feels like the 49ers have taken Jermichael Hastie out of third down situations early in games after missed blocks or drop passes or whatever. But it just, you know, when the 49ers struggle on third down, it's like, well, they ran a pass play to Jermichael Hastie and it didn't work. Right. Or like when they turn the ball over, it's like, well, they're trying to throw the ball downfield to Travis Benjamin. It's like, all right, like play with the guys who got you here. Right.
1: <laughs> A lot of Brad Wanamaker energy in those two guys. <laughs> yeah, like just like a crafty, like veteran that okay, you see like the logic, but it's just not working.
3: In the off it's season, that there. needs to be an area. It's like, all right, we're actually going to draft a third down back because it right. it does matter. Right, mm-hmm. like you can get undrafted guys, but like a specific skill set, a pass catcher, a pass protector, somebody who could potentially return punts and kickoffs, like. Make that a priority in the off season. You don't need to.
1: I'm with you, 100. And
3: and a you know another receiver. You know, like there there are things this team is lacking on on the margins. But yeah, hopefully, hopefully for them, Trey Lance can can make up for it. Yeah, just, just with his athleticism and and what he can do.
1: His his future obviously doesn't ride on Sunday's start. If he isn't very good, it's not like they made the wrong pick, but. If he comes out and is, is really, really good, and it's like, oh, he's very clearly better than he was in the preseason and in week five, and then in week 10 when they played the Seahawks, Congrats. no, week four, yeah, week four, yeah, so week four, and then we like if he's very clearly progressed, it I'd feel way more optimism if he's good than pessimism if he's not does that make sense yeah totally because i mean we I saw feel it like with,
3: I, we, we saw what about with, that around roundabout way no we saw it with colin kaepernick in, in 2012 right it was like but he came in midway through the season but it was like the less the rest of the league didn't know how to react because the offense was just so much different with colin mm-hmm. kaepernick than alex smith and like you you have a gazelle running zone read and like Mm -hmm. you didn't spend all offseason preparing for that so like that's the element that trey lance could bring is just all of the unscouted stuff you can do and that's Mm -hmm. such an advantage when you can bust out a bunch of unique unscouted plays you haven't put on tape yet where as you know like after 13 or 14 jimmy garoppolo starts it's like teams know teams know what Jimmy Garoppolo looks right. like. Like you can get creative right. in the running game and all that, and and maybe try some new unique past concepts or whatever, but ultimately like the books out on Jimmy Garoppolo and there is no book on Trey Lance. And so that's, that's right. the other part of it is like, how much does that lift the ceiling? And for me, like, yeah, I don't think Trey Lance's start Sunday is not a referendum on, was he the right pick or, can Mm -hmm. you know can he be good in the future it's like if trey lance plays well then he'll obviously or most likely start against the rams Mm -hmm. and if he doesn't play well then it's like all right well you're a playoff team jimmy garoppolo is hurt trey lance didn't acquit himself like maybe you would have hoped like now what's because it becomes a much more difficult decision right Mm -hmm. like If you you win and you clinch a playoff spot, do you play Trey Lance against the Rams just to, you know, give him some time? And then do you go back to Jimmy Garoppolo if he's healthy in time for the playoffs? Like, that's a really tough question. If you, if Trey Lance doesn't play well and then it's a must win against the Rams, but Jimmy Garoppolo still isn't healthy, it's like, all right. (laughs) All of a sudden the season hinges on Trey Lance in a way that it wouldn't necessarily if he just comes out and handles business against the Texans because the Texans, I think the Texans at home is, is such a better matchup than it, than going to play the Rams, obviously.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm like I said, I'm withholding judgment on who should start what games until I see what he looks like against the Texans. Yeah. If it looks like it did against Arizona, then you have a problem this year talking the 2021 uh, and who starts week 18 into the playoffs, but they may not have a choice, man. Like Garoppolo hasn't practiced Wednesday or Thursday. He has a ligament in his thumb detached from the bone that isn't going to require surgery. Like it's going to need to heal on its own. I can't fathom that that's something that it's not about just like, oh yeah, he can now catch a snap or he has to be able to do everything that he can normally do because Jimmy Garoppolo, as it is, is is fairly limited. If you're okay. limiting those limitations, like, that's that's a pretty significant problem. So I can't... Like I said, I don't think they're really going to have a choice.
3: Yeah. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me at all if we never see Jimmy Garoppolo play quarterback for the Niners again. Same. Like, sort of. I, but, again, it's like... <laughs> If you jump to that conclusion and Trey Lance doesn't play well on Sunday, it's like man, you're you're kind of cooked.
1: Also, right, but also, real quick, just on the on, can we stop? And by we, I mean Kyle Shanahan. Stop the whole like, yeah, we'll see with Jimmy charade. Like legit, he's gonna try it out Wednesday. Okay, he left Wednesday's <laughs> practice before it even started. And Shanahan's like, yeah, if he doesn't go Wednesday, we're going to try again Thursday. Like, no, you're not. You're not. <laughs> you know, he's not playing. And guess what? The Texans asked their team doctor, hey, he has this injury. The team doctor probably went, yeah, he's not playing. Yeah. Like, there's no, nobody in, in Houston's going, oh, no. Like, we don't know what to do. Well, let's just pause our team meetings. Yeah. Like, that's not.
3: The whole injury situation, I mean, all season, and I guess maybe you could even go back to the last couple of seasons, but there's a communication gap, or maybe something is just a little bit of miss between Kyle Shanahan and the medical staff. And I think that that sort of, it, it's been kind of a thing all season and Kyle Shanahan, I think, goes to the podium and, and just tells, you know, d- discusses the injuries as that information is presented to him. But like this, this week was a classic example with Jimmy Garoppolo. It's like he says, oh, it's a grade three sprain. Well, a sprain by definition is a tear. And often what happens with these tears is it'll, you know, pull, pull bone off or whatever, which is essentially a fracture that makes me want to vomit so so fair enough i'm i can't even i can't do like uh i'm the type of person who couldn't um like dissect things in like middle school like i had no chance i'm a total wean bro yeah i can't do i can't like do gore and blood and all that stuff it's all bad it's same man but um but now i lost my train of thought oh but so that's why there was, you know, Shanahan says it's a great three or it's a sprained thumb. And then it and then Jimmy Garoppolo's camp presumably says, well, it's a torn ligament and a broken bone. Like the injury is the same. But Shanahan says, well, that's how it was described to me. And it's just there's there's been there have been issues all year with like, well, Shanahan just just sort of. I don't want to say he's not on the same page as the medical staff, but, like, the medical staff will tell him how to term it, and then there are other ways to term it, and it just sounds way different, and the just the messaging around the injury has been a little bit messy, mm-hmm. if that makes sense, and, like, timelines have been all over the place, and I'm hopeful that this guy will practice Wednesday, and I'm hopeful he'll be able to play Sunday, and then, you know, he doesn't play for three weeks, right, Like that's happened with with a bunch of different guys and some guys have had setbacks and stuff and I don't want to harp on the injury stuff too much but there it's it this it's weird. It is weird. And it's, it's notable. Like I'm very much out on all the conspiracy stuff that people are talking about with this. Like there's no way in hell the Niners are faking a Jimmy Garoppolo injury that's like one of the dumbest totally insane. and you know people tweet me like it benefits both parties it's like it literally it's the exact opposite of benefiting anybody like faking an injury let alone like telling your locker room that you're lying for whatever reason right you know like you you have credibility in the locker room to to worry about and like players need to play for you and if you're faking injuries like they're going to be upset about that and that's how you lose like that's a good way to lose locker rooms and things like that so anyway miss me with with all that nonsense but like one thing I do wholeheartedly believe is that Jimmy Garoppolo's camp leaked the stuff about the injuries and said, and, and to me it reads like, well, it was, you know, those reports of the specifics of Jimmy Garoppolo's injury came out after Kyle Shanahan said it was a thumb sprain. I think Jimmy Garoppolo's camp was like, look, it was, this was one of his worst starts of the season. And here's sort of a caveat. Why? Right. Because Jimmy Garoppolo is going to go into an offseason needing to get a job. And if you're a quarterback with an injury history, this is another reason why it's idiotic to think that they're faking it to benefit both parties or whatever. Jimmy Garoppolo is trying to get a job in the offseason. Having another injury does not benefit him at all. Right. He's had a long list of injuries throughout his career, and that's like one of the major knocks on him,
1: including one this year
3: injury like. They're like, well, you know, if you say he's injured, it's better than just benching him. It's like the tape's the tape. A team's not going to make a decision on Jimmy Garoppolo based on the Niners' decision to bench him or not. The tape is the tape. They're going to make their their decision on Jimmy Garoppolo whether or not they want to sign him based on how he plays, not based on what the 49ers did in terms of, you know, do we want to play Jimmy or do we want to play Trey Lance? Like that's – there's no benefit to faking an injury here. Right. Anyway, Um so that's my little, sp- it's just like the, the injury stuff has just been a little weird for throughout the last couple of years in terms of just the messaging surrounding them. And then the timelines and the setbacks, it's been, it's been a little murky and, uh, and I do wonder if the 49ers are going to address it somehow in the off season.
1: Yeah, <laughs> we should address pick six. Let's do it. All right, Tyler with the, hit the thing and then drop that boom. All right, pick six, week 17 edition. Chris picks three players. I pick three players. That's six total players. Ergo, we are picking six Who's players winning on that the season bit... in this. <laughs> Somebody, for <laughs> sure. The listener, Chris, the listener <laughs> is winning. So uh, we came up with this bit like haphazardly midseason. So we don't have anything riding on it. But this offseason, along with some of the other uh, video stuff we're trying to to get off the ground um we're gonna hash out this bit and make it worth something but it's three players from each of us that we think need to have a good game or will have a good game for the 49ers in their in their upcoming week i forget who picked first last week i think it was me so you can go ahead okay um
3: let's see first pick i'm gonna go with Samuel. A... okay fine I just feel like you have to go chalk with with the first pick and just the the touchdown possibilities, right? Um, Debo Samuel also recently had a child, and so there's mm. you know there's there's a, a literally a new spirit about Debo Samuel right now, and maybe that that energizes him a little bit. Dad I, strength. I, I don't have kids, yeah. Dad strength, but people yeah people talk about dad strength, and and you see mm. it sometimes with like baseball players. It feels like every time a baseball player like. Comes back after a wife or a significant other has a kid, they like hit a homer. Yeah. Like, I have no, I have no evidence that that's actually like correlated at all, but it just Mike Trout like that. did
1: that. And Mike Trout never hits home runs. So, like, it was pretty <laughs> crazy that he hit one. <laughs> right.
3: Um, so, <laughs> yeah, Devo Samuel, I mean, it's, it's a bad Texans defense, a bad secondary. Um, he scores boatloads of touchdowns. He's going to be factored into the running game pretty significantly I would think I mean think about it man like that play you mentioned with in the preseason finale where you had Jalen Hurd going one way Elijah Mitchell going another and then like if it's Debo Samuel and Elijah Mitchell I just don't know how you defend that and then you know not leave an open running lane for Trey Lance if he decides to keep it
1: Um, yeah so I'm going Debo Samuel first pick it also like there's been this this groundswell of Cooper Cup MVP talk and a week where Debo has like two touchdowns, one in the air, one on the ground, and rushes for 80 yards and has 95 receiving. It feels like that just kind of pushes him into the like, hey, don't forget about what Debo Samuel's doing because Cooper Cup's having an incredible year, arguably the best year ever for a receiver. But what Debo's doing is is incredibly unique as well. He should be in the
3: discussion for offensive player of the year.
1: It's not, yes. Absolutely. Um my first pick, number two overall, I'm going to Trey Lance. I'm taking the quarterback for, I mean, we've talked about it for like three consecutive pods now. If, if he is developing at the rate the 49ers want him to develop and think he can develop, we are 12 weeks removed from his last start. That's a lot of time to learn and grow and we have Fred Warner talking about how much better he is from the pocket now and George Kittle talking about how awesome he is compared to how he was in camp. And I'm buying all of that. I think Lance is a really talented player. And I think that he's been getting better despite not playing. And will there be some some rookie hiccups? Sure. Like that there could easily be a couple of bad throws, maybe a bad interception, but I think we're going to really see on Sunday the the first glimpse of what this offense could really, really look like in the next year, year and a half. So I'm going with Trey Lance because I think he's going to have a really, really good game.
3: A really, really good game. Two release,
1: Two release Okay. I thought I, a lot about I, it. I was going to go with one. Three's too many. Two felt right.
3: Yeah. I mean, I'm a big Trey Lance believer. I think I've made that very clear on this podcast, even dating back to the draft. Um, <laughs> so, I do, I do agree with you. I think there's a pretty good chance he comes out and plays well. Um, do I go chalk again, or or do I go hipster? Trey Lance, by the way, second overall is kind of a hipster pick by you. Is it? It's not like full-on flannel and vans hipster pick, but it's like you're it's
1: literally like... just describing what I wore to run errands today. Cool, man. <laughs> Sick, dude. That's awesome. <laughs> tight, tight. Um, but I went to Sprouts too. If you care, of course, of course <laughs> I <you>. didn't.
3: <laughs> um, no, it's I'd go like, there if they selected like the pod. 60% uh hipster pick, I would say. Um, I feel compelled to go chalk just because I mean, let me. Let me take – I'll save my hipster pick for the last pick. Um, I got somebody on offense. I'm going to go with Nick Bosa. Because, I mean, Nick Bosa has played a ton this season. He looked a little bit worn down in that short week last week in Tennessee. Um, he's had 10 days to recover. It's not a good Texans offensive line. And we've said it a lot, or maybe I've said it, but like – when's Nick Bosa going to have that like three sack game with a strip sack that leads to a, a touchdown going the
1: other way, mm-hmm. like something
3: like that. Like, I feel like we're, Nick we Bosa's keep calling a it. will
1: happen eventually.
3: He's had a lot of good games, but not like a signature game. Not like the Nick Bosa game yet. Sure. Um, which also happened in that Carolina game I mentioned earlier. Um, So yeah, Nick Bosa, third pick. And you might. I haven't looked, but I mean, if he has a couple big games these last two weeks, can he take down Alden Smith's record?
1: He needs five and a, half, four and a half.
3: Four and a half over the last two weeks.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's on the table, but there'd always be that seventeenth game asterisk on it. Yeah, no, I'm it would it would be pers- the new it would be the new franchise record. I'm not like four and a half sacks in two weeks. I'm not taking that off the table. No, no, no.
3: No, he could get two and a half on Sunday and then
1: another two against the Rams That's super on the table, which is just a testament to how good he is. He's very, very good. Really excellent, excellent NFL player.
3: I wonder Um, how much he's going to get paid on this offseason if he gets a contract.
1: Like a funny amount. Like it's going to be, it's going to actually be funny.
3: It's going to be like $30 million a year.
1: Yeah, it's going to be bananas. All right, fourth pick, my second pick. I'm deciding between two guys here, and I'm going with one. I'm going with the one who may not show up on the box score, but is going to be a really, really important player for the game, and that's Jimmy Ward. Because Texans quarterback Davis Mills on passes 20 or more yards down the field is completing 45% 45.2%, which is excellent. That's a really, really good number. A really, really good completion rate on deep throws. He has four touchdowns and just one interception on those throws. Um, He's uh, got a passer rating of 117.9. He's not very good on medium throws. Not very good on short throws. But if the Texans are going to hang around in this game, they're going to need some chunk plays, especially with kind of the state of their backfield. They have Brandon Cooks, who's really fast, they have Chris Conley, who's a really good athlete. He had a nice game last week. Um, if the Texans are going to pull off an upset, they're going to need some of those deep throws and a couple big completions. And we know that Jimmy Ward's biggest value is limiting those plays, uh, because of his IQ and his range. So I think Jimmy Ward is going to play a huge role for the Niners. Um, you know. Have a pass breakup on one of those deep throws, or just kind of cover up a throw so it's not there and force Mills to go somewhere where he may not want to go with the ball. Um, I'm going with Jimmy Ward. Not sure he'll have a pick or anything, but I do think he'll have an impact.
3: I like it. Thanks. I like it. He's he's quietly one of their most important defensive players. Yeah, and it's tough. And that was true, like in 2019, also.
1: Yeah. Like Absolutely.
3: when when you play single high and ask him to cover as much ground as he does. And he also plays like they bring in, I don't know if they'll do it this week with Talanoa Hufanga potentially out again, but on third down he comes down and, and covers like their best tight end or, you know, somebody mm-hmm. in the slot man to man. So he's mm-hmm. a super important player. Um, yeah. I'm going to go with uh, Elijah Mitchell with my last pick because And this just goes back to what we said earlier about just expecting the 49ers to run the ball 40 or 45 times. Like if that happens, Elijah Mitchell is probably getting 15 to 20, maybe 25 of those. Sure. And it could just be one of those games where the 49ers just demoralize the defense they are going against by just continuously running the ball. Yeah. And that would ultimately make life much easier on Trey Lance uh, because then you get play action going and all that stuff. So yeah i don't have i don't have any like crazy deep analysis other than four niners are a running team they're more than likely going to play a rookie quarterback and helping him out with the running game could be really important and elijah mitchell is their best running back
1: i like it i mean better better like that pick i mean so i'm pretty loaded uh, this
3: week i feel like
1: i low-key i mean you are you went chalk all the way across the board and that's fine um (laughs) I'm out I mean, here trying to provide. It, I'm out, I'm out here trying to provide analysis and thoughts, and you're just like, "Oh yeah, he's the starting running back. I'll take him." I mean, come on. <laughs> take RG, you coward. Though, in, all, in all in all seriousness, though, why are you looking at my paper? Uh, <laughs> no, no. Um, I just I think it's, uh, it's underrated storyline. Uh, real quick on on Elijah Mitchell, if he's having a good game, the Niners win and probably win by a lot. So I, I like that yes. pick in all seriousness. Um underrated storyline for the sixth pick. Charles O'Menahoo revenge game. Oh so, wow. I'm joking. I'm not doing that.
3: <laughs> you traded me. I'm gonna take it to you on yeah. week 17. Yeah.
1: Watch yeah. out for that big time quarterback hit sometime in the second quarter. Yeah. He's gonna get in okay. the box score. Uh no, I'm going. So I was the the guy was flipping back and forth in my head with Jimmy Ward was Fred Warner because of Davis Mills um, uh, penchant for throwing interceptions on short passes. And it feels like we haven't had a really impactful Fred Warner game in a while. I'm picking George Kittle though, because I need to go chalk on some level. Right. And we talked earlier about the easy throws that Well, a his blocking. That's not going to show up in in a box score, but if they're going to run the ball effectively, it's going to require a good game from him. But we talked about setting up easy throws for Lance and um, some of the stuff that can get opened up by, by the misdirection and kind of the chaos he can create with his legs. Um, I just think that there's going to be some easy completions for him to George Kittle. And then, I mean, we know that Kittle's really good after the catch. So I, I think that, that we see Samuel a lot in the running game, but I think he's going to rely a lot on George Kittle knowing that like, hey, that's my best pass catcher. That's going to be the safety blanket. And I think he's going to want, they're going to coach him like, Hey, don't tuck it and run it every time. Take the check down, take the easy throw. And I think they're going to make sure Kittle's that easy throw a lot. So uh, that's, who's going to be my sixth and final pick.
3: Yeah. And Kittle only had what, two catches last week. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And when their offense is rolling, like they're getting him involved. Like it's not, I I just, I don't know. I, I think, I think there's, there's, Six or eight targets for him this week, and and he can do some damage with that. So at least, at that's least. who I'm. That's who I'm picking for my final pick. So you have Debo Samuel, Nick Bosa, and Elijah Mitchell. I have Trey Lance, Jimmy Ward, and George Kittle. Good value with Kittle at number six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a good yeah, the dude. other. I mean, the other the other guy too is Jeff Wilson Jr. Who might poach a couple touchdowns from Eli Mitchell? Yeah, you want to go that
3: route? I thought you were going to go Arden Key. I really did. Yeah, disappointed. He's he would he would be the hot hipster pick.
1: Yeah, for sure. Uh, DJ Jones as well. You know, coming back off the ankle. Right. Um. Yeah. I got I got a little bit uh, gun shy when you called Trey Lance a hipster pick, and did so while describing my. Literal exact outfit from earlier today. Yeah.
3: I mean, I've been li- living in like joggers for like the last few months. Maybe That's actually nice. the last couple of years. So like I'm lululemon season. Yeah. And and worry Kyle shanahan and I. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um,
3: but yeah. Uh so do it do the Niners cover what's the spread? 13 and a half? Is that what I saw? I
1: have not I so it opened at 15. I don't know how many points Jimmy Garoppolo is worth. I'm 15 gonna look is this a, up lot. Real quick. 15, a lot. That's fifteen. So I have a thing. So like if the Niners won by 30, it wouldn't like if they won 30 to three. I, that wouldn't that wouldn't shock me. Um, but I have a thing about points, and if it's two touchdowns or more, like I take the points just out of principle. Like you're giving yeah. me you're giving an NFL team two touchdowns. So many games are decided by less than that. Right. Like um, We're, we're both 12, 12 and a half is the updated line.
3: Well, it's going to be sunny on Sunday. So there there isn't the rain factor. Sorry, say the line again.
1: 12 and a half. 12 and a half.
3: Line. Okay. I mean, they should cover. They should. Yes. yes. But it wouldn't surprise me if they like one by 10. And they were up, you know, 17 throughout most of it.
1: Yeah right yeah i'm yeah i think we're gonna get an idea of how the game's gonna go in the first drive
3: yeah i mean we'll see because sometimes i mean the niners have had so many two opening drives, drives where it's like oh they look awesome and then they you know stall out in the second quarter or whatever
1: yeah i just i don't know maybe i'm overconfident in Trey lance but they need to gonna have a good game
3: not turn the ball over in the first half And they need to get out to a two touchdown lead in the first half.
1: Yeah, let their if their pass rush can go to work on Davis Mills, like he's useless when he's under pressure. Yeah. He's really bad. That's gonna
3: be the key to me. Like, get up early and run away from him. Like treat it like the Jack the Jacksonville game.
1: Yep. Um, and I think that's what they're gonna do. Like, especially after the way they lost last week, they've had the long week to stew. They know that the Texans got a huge win last week. And the Niners now come into this game super desperate after losing. I I just, the Jacksonville winning streak.
3: Do you know? Yeah. They've won two straight games.
1: Yeah. They beat the Jags. Yeah. They beat the Jags. And then, uh, and then the Chargers. Yeah. Yeah. They're playing hard. They're trying for sure. Uh, But the Niners, like, there's something to be said for desperation in the NFL. And the, the Niners are like, if they lose this week, if the 49ers lose this week, A, they just lost to the Texans, but B, Like they now need to win in LA and get help. Right. Like they they win out. If they win out, they make it. Right. That's flat out. If they win tomorrow or on Sunday, if they win on Sunday and the Saints lose, they're in. Yeah. I mean, the Saints are playing Sam Darnold and the Panthers. So I doubt that's going to happen. But I, they're, they're, do they have Taysom Hill back? Yes. Off the COVID list. Got it. So playoff. I I hear uh, that it's a playoff mentality in the locker room right now. So That's
3: what I I've yeah I've gleaned that as well. Yeah. What are your uh, are you a New Year's guy?
1: It depends on like I'm having neighbors over. Oh, but we're not doing a like we're not like raging. We'll probably play Uno and then there's a do bug the countdown around, and just so you know, huh?
3: there's a bug going
1: around just so you know i didn't know i had no idea <laughs> what you're talking about i hate new
3: year's i despise it i like doing fun stuff new year's day
1: did you ask me this so just so you could shit on me for having my neighbors over no i
3: didn't know you're having
1: your neighbors over okay
3: i mean i'm i'm all for it. as long as you guys are safe i don't care
2: okay we were, gonna, we, we were all gonna we were all gonna get there that way like, we God. were
1: all gonna spit in each other's mouths but maybe we'll pass on that now
3: <laughs> yeah i but my most memorable new years have been like and maybe this is like some uh uh psychotic stuff but like waking up oh. and going to see the the first sunrise of the year somewhere cool oh okay You know, like we've done, I've done the like Marin Headlands thing a couple times. Sure, That's pretty cool. Um, but gonna play golf Saturday morning. So there you go. It'll be an early Mm -hmm. night for me.
1: I'm uh, yeah. Watch the ball drop, drink, and
3: nice. I'll be packing, packing for the move. Cool, man. Gonna fill out this office so it doesn't sound so empty in here.
1: (laughs) Still on it. That's fine. Yep, it's gonna be great. I can't wait. I can't wait to come visit.
3: Yeah, absolutely.
1: If if you'll let me,
3: big if, pretty big <laughs> if, depending on how this party goes, that you're gonna have. Totally, yeah. <laughs>
1: big time fiesta. All
3: right, so I think we're both we both think the Niners are gonna win Sunday.
1: Yeah, yes, okay. they 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 like they better. <laughs> and if if not, I have I have serious questions about them. It's gonna be fascinating. I'm looking forward to it. So
3: we'll we'll do another pod.
1: Early next week. I don't want to.
3: I'm, I'm presuming we'll have one Sunday night for Monday, but we
1: can always. We might have to. Unfold. We'll see. We'll see. All right. Subscribe, rate, and review if you haven't. Let's get out of here. All right. We'll see
3: you guys.